Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new season of Cracks on the Foundation. Um, Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy you're here and let's get into it. To kick off this season, I really wanted to talk the basics of identity and the energy of focus Um, and not focus like four hour work week focus, but where your energy is being pointed to. And with identity, I feel like I talk about identity all the time. I love talking about identity shifting and how we can move into new spaces and how we can break down our beliefs and step into new perspectives and do all these fun things. But I rarely talk about what identity actually is. So I wanted to give just this framework of how everything else is going to go about and just give you some some subtle perspective shifts around identity so we can start moving from a new space and kind of moving more with ease instead of trying to seek out validation all the time. I mean, at least that's my goal with this new perspective of identity. So hopefully that is reflected on you. Um, So identity. Actually, wait, no, sorry. First, I do have a newsletter that comes out every Sunday. Um, You can subscribe by going to tallulah.substack.com. And it's going to be a community where I offer journal prompts, um, subtle activations, I like to call them, just little tidbits, um, you know, in case you are sick of listening to my voice and you just want to read something that's going to be available to you. Um, It's free for now, but hopefully, not hopefully, in the future, it's going to be going to paid And it'll be, the free will always be there, but it'll be monthly. I don't know why I'm rambling. There's a sub stack. There's a newsletter. If you want to read it, it'll be more concise than a podcast. So thank you. Head on over there after you listen to this episode. Thank you. (laughs) Now, identity. Um, I started diving into what my own identity could be boiled down to, really, when I realized how often I took on other people's projections of me. And... I call it the problem solver dilemma. So when you see that you're good at problem solving at a young age, um, something tends to happen where you start to problem solve for literally everyone. And I've noticed for me, at least when I did this as a kid, then I started associating love with my ability to problem solve and step into those roles of other people, how other people perceived me. And I got this belief reflected back to me over and over that if I helped other people solve their problems, then I'll be loved. And love is given on the condition that I fill this need for others. And I'm not talking about just problem solving. I mean, I'm stepping into roles so that I prove people right. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if someone says something like, oh, you're really bad at math, then you kind of want to prove them right because you don't want to go against what they're saying about you. Or, and it can be good things too, like, oh, you're an amazing singer. Well, I guess I got to learn how to sing now. Um, Even if you may be good at math and bad at singing, it doesn't matter whether or not it's true. It's how they perceive you. And you feel like you have to fulfill those roles to prove them right. Because it's easier to problem solve and fulfill that role than it is to go against what they're saying and cause conflict. So it's also a people pleaser problem. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but it happened a lot to me growing up. 
One of the roles that kept getting projected onto me was actually based on skills. So I had this affinity for drawing. I wasn't necessarily good or bad. I just enjoyed it. And then all of a sudden, people started recognizing that in me and telling me I was an artist over and over again. And I found myself constantly trying to create for other people. And I didn't really create for myself. I was just trying to prove that I was good at what they told me I was good at. So then it kind of snowballed into becoming my whole identity where I was an artist because people told me I was rather than I actually loved it. I would take a sketchbook with me everywhere I traveled and I never touched it the whole time. <laughs> Any place I travel, no matter what, and I still do it to this day because I always think, oh, I'm an artist, so I have to bring my sketchbook and like sketch things <laughs> all the time, but I never do. And it doesn't fuel me, it doesn't fill me up, and I only want to create when I have an idea and want to share an idea. I don't want to just constantly create and constantly grow my skills in art. I find art as a tool for expression rather than a constant state of my being. And I saw all these artists that that's all they did all day was like, paint or draw or learn about all these different skills in arts and painting and I would be so jealous of them because I was like what is so wrong with me that I don't have that in me I just didn't I didn't understand why and then when I started seeing that that this might not actually be my identity that this was a projection that was placed on me at a young age because I was fulfilling these roles that people flung at me all the time and it wasn't even just skills like I would get called a flirt even though I was just being myself and the boys would say something like oh you're being a flirt you're always a tease you're always this or I even had um, someone like write a story about me where they wrote me in this way of being the mysterious girl that was always elusive and an enigma that was the big word in middle school you know and I would always be running off and running away from people. And when I read that story, I realized like I started embodying that identity because I wanted to fulfill that role that was projected onto me as someone was perceiving me as. And even with the idea of being a flirt and everything, even though it wasn't true and I was just being myself and being friendly and everything, I felt like I had to not go against what they said. I felt like I had to constantly fulfill that role. And what I realized was that I was letting people hijack my own identity, hijack my own brain, telling me who I was supposed to be, rather than taking control of that for myself. And I think that's what we get taught is that identity happens to us rather than we projecting it out ourselves. Because you can be any identity you want. You can take on those roles anytime you want or leave them behind anytime you want. And it's up to you to decide who you want to project out. It's not up to other people to project their own perspectives of yourself onto you. So you might be in this state right now where you feel like you're taking on all these identities that are projected onto you and you don't really know where to start and figure out what identity actually is so that you can start breaking down all these projections that have been placed on you. So identity. <laughs> I'm going to say identity so much in this. So if you want to start a drinking game, feel free. Um, but I like to think of identity as the vessel that holds the space between my brain and my body. 
what the fuck does that mean? I look at my identity as this avatar in a video game and my mind as the game controller. So we're all just constantly playing Sims, essentially. <laughs> and one of the things that helped me realize this was the saying, we are all one. And so when you look at your identity as the vessel, you realize that we all hold the capacity to experience all of human potential. And so identity is this limitless vessel that is that is a tool to bring about as much of the human experience as possible. So it's a vessel that helps you experience a life. <laughs> and that's all it is. It's just your avatar. A vessel that holds or an avatar that holds all aspects of humanness. So it has a potential to be literally anything, but it's your ego that decides what traits it wants to hold. Because I mean, if we were everything, it'd be kind of overwhelming. So <laughs> your controller or the ego selects the traits just like you would in the Sims game. There's like these traits you can decide and that's what your vessel is going to hold for the foreseeable future. And your ego selects these contents of your identity because of your, I don't know, your soul's desires, your external environments, things that you're taught, and it's constantly gravitating towards these different traits, and it's finding what traits will reach homeostasis quicker. Because your brain always wants you in homeostasis. It wants to function so smoothly that everything can just be computed and doesn't you don't have to think about anything um you want to win the video game right you don't want to have to be constantly con thinking about the controls and what they do and they're constantly changing so how are you going to win because you have no idea what the the controls actually do right <laughs> bear with me and <laughs> your brain wants to reach this homeostasis so it's constantly comparing your reality to those aspects to reach it and to give you an experience that creates that ease even if those things are not good inherently, even if you don't want to be those things, your ego selected those traits and your your controller is going to put you in those situations that you keep experiencing it because that is what's comfortable, basically. And if you've ever played Sims, you choose these traits for your Sims and you'll find that they'll do actions without any controlling. You don't have to actually be playing and they'll just start doing things. And it's based on those traits. So they're continuing to respond to this environment subconsciously. And they might even refuse to do a command because of those traits. And if you just let the game run without any controls, you watch them continue on in this subconscious mode, just habitually doing what comes naturally, what their ego decided will replicate these beliefs over and over in their environment. And we do the same thing. If you've ever done a task only to realize an hour later went by and you felt like you blacked out or something, or you've gone to drive somewhere and then you're already at your destination, but you don't remember actually driving there. It's your brain putting you in this function of ease. It's putting you in this state of just moving without controls. And it, you don't have to think about it. I mean, if we had to think about every time we breathe, we'd all go extinct. So your brain is the controller, your identity is the avatar by which you're playing the video game, and then your ego is that thing that selects the subconscious beliefs that kind of put you in, it's kind of like the story mode. That's, yeah, that works. Your ego is the story mode by which your avatar is playing on. It feels like you can't change anything, 
Um, but in Sims, you have cheat codes. So the traits that you gave them at the beginning, you can easily go in and change them if you have these codes. And in Sims, we have cheat codes, but then in your life, you have your belief systems. And you can start changing those to shift out of the avatar that you are currently playing in and shift into a new one and play it and experience life in a different way. Um, but what does happen is your ego and your brain are kind of at odds with each other because it thought, your brain thought that homeostasis meant showing up in this vessel the way it is each day and that's what's comfortable. So when you try to shift out of that, it thinks that you're going against what is natural. So you have to prove to your brain, your controller that no, these this new story mode is the right one. Um, and that's when we start getting into focus. But I feel like I'm going to have to do another episode about perception because I feel like identity, focus, and perception make this beautiful triangle when you're trying to shift into a new avatar state. So that'll come in the future. I'm trying to keep the episodes under 30 minutes. So I tried to pare everything down into just the basics, which is really hard to do for me because I feel like I just compound on information and can talk forever, but I tried to narrow it down for you. And that's exactly what focus is on. But I will link the diagram of realities that I made in here probably. Yeah, I think I will. Because when we understand that we can't step outside of ourselves to perceive our reality, then it becomes a lot easier to shift into new identities without feeling so overwhelmed that like people are going to see us differently and all this stuff. So I'll link that. But focus, narrowing down. That's exactly how I'm going to start this. Um, our, our minds are always trying to narrow down, except mine when I'm talking about this stuff, apparently. Um, but we can't see our noses, right? Because of our minds. And that's the easiest thing to start seeing because our minds block it out of our perception. I mean, we can see it technically, but if we were perceiving our nose all day, it would get so annoying. So we have actual mind blind spots because our brain works so hard at filling in the blanks or removing what might be overwhelming. Like all those illusions that you see where they're two different things and you can trick your brain into seeing one image versus another and go back and forth and it's so fun. But I mean, that's with all your senses. If you've ever gotten hurt and it's so painful until you get distracted talking to someone or need to do something and all of a sudden the pain's gone, your mind is focusing on something else. It's so good at narrowing down. And that's why the things you say are so powerful. Um, I mean, your brain is basically like this energetic laser pinpoint and where you direct it is where all the attention goes and how your experience of reality shifts based on where that laser is being pointed. So when you start looking at your senses and feeling into them, then you can start really understanding what that laser focus is. You can really focus on one fingerprint and what the feelings is from that fingertip. Or you can focus on a spot at the wall and you can just stare at it without blinking. And then all of a sudden, everything around it will start dissipating until you just have that focal point. But then that focal point disappears after you stop looking at it. It's the weirdest thing. I really recommend trying it if you didn't as a kid, which I feel like you missed out if you didn't do that. But yeah, everything you say too. That's a thing that we constantly forget. 
Everything you say has power. All of your I am statements train your brain to narrow in on that experience so that shows up more. So think about your senses of you can train your tongue to taste different tastes and really narrow down. I mean, I don't cook a lot, so I don't understand what umami is. But if I train my tongue enough, I'm sure I could taste it. Or, but that's the same with your thoughts and with the way you're showing up and speaking. Because when you say I am constantly, your brain doesn't want to fight you ever. <laughs> it wants to give you exactly what you're asking for, what you're saying. So when you say I am lazy, it's going to give you those experiences so that you can prove yourself right. So when I think about those projections and those identities that I was holding and allowing other people to place on me, what was really happening was I was allowing them to hijack my brain's laser energy and focus it somewhere else. I wasn't even letting them hijack. I was keeping the door wide open for them to just use it and experiment. I was basically like a walking video game for everyone. And I was just letting them play and letting them decide who my avatar was instead of realizing like, oh wait, I'm the one in control. I'm the one playing the video game, not everyone around me. Life isn't happening to me. I'm getting, I'm choosing to play as this avatar. So I can create a new experience. I can decide what my story mode is in this game. I can decide if it's an action game or just a Sims game or I don't know enough about video games. I don't know why I use this as an example, but you get my point. And when we walk around just throwing I am statements or throwing these things of like, oh, I don't have that or I can never do this and I'm always this way, then it's going to keep showing up in your life because your brain is training is being trained to look for it. So it's not necessarily mystical. It's just that your brain always has blind spots. And when you're narrowing the focus onto what you lack or who you are, and with these I am statements, then your brain is narrowing the focus and shutting out everything else. So it's going to be blind to opportunities that might have made you not lazy or opportunities where you would be making more money because you're so focused on what you don't have and who you're not. And one of the best examples is parking. Do you say that you can never find parking or do you say that you always find parking? And does your reality reflect either of those statements? Because for me, I say I always find parking and I haven't been wrong yet. I've literally never had a problem with it. Maybe I'm just lucky. Again, that's another I am statement of I am lucky. And that's usually how my life shows up because my brain is being trained to look for those situations that reflect back to me that I, my brain and what I'm saying to myself is true and is right. And I mean, you can look at it as magic. I love experiencing magic. So I'm going to choose that it's spiritual and in that capacity, or you can look at it as just psychology and shifting your brain's focus. And that's really all it is, because we experience life differently depending on our focus. If you wake up and say that I'm so happy, you're going to experience life and your reality in a way that makes you happy. And if you wake up and you say how shitty you feel, like you're going to experience a shitty day. So for the next few days, I really just encourage you to have awareness of how you're showing up and speaking about yourself and about your reality. What is your I am statements currently? And don't feel bad for saying something negative or complaining or something. That's not what I mean. But just take note of what you're saying. And 
if you have something that you're saying consistently, is your reality being reflected back to you to prove that it's right? And then after you notice these, take note of these statements for a few days, then just try for the next few days switching your statements to the exact opposite thing and just see if your experience changes even a little bit. See if you might show up a little bit differently and just exploring it as an experiment rather than making yourself feel bad for being in lack or saying negative things. It's just maybe I can show up a little differently based on what I say. Maybe it can be that easy and why not try if it is? If it doesn't work, then that's okay too. It's just an experiment. And if you feel overwhelmed, go through each one of your senses and just list out three things that, of sensations that you're having. So start with what you see around you, naming three things that you see, three things that you smell, three things that you hear, and so on. And it just kind of reminds you that our perception is an extremely powerful tool in how we experience our reality. To me, that's what manifestation is. You'll be searching for something, can't find it anywhere, only to realize it was in front of your face the whole time. It's about shifting your perception to allow in opportunities that your focus might have been blinded to before. That's all it is. <laughs> it's just shifting that laser beam somewhere else where you might have not looked before or allowing yourself to see life in a new perspective, a new experience, seeing it from a different angle because your perception of reality is an illusion, essentially. And your I am statements are one of the most powerful ways to do that. And I get really conscious of how I speak with that because if I say I'm an insomniac, I've noticed my brain moves everything <laughs> to make sure that I am that thing. But when I say I'm experiencing insomnia, it shows my brain that this thing is a fleeting emotion or experience. So my identity doesn't become attached to it. My energy isn't attached to it. And that may sound really corny, but it radically shifts what becomes attached to this identity and helps expand our perception. It's so we can flow better and stay open to these opportunities. And I'm going to say it into the ground that like your focus opens up opportunities you might have been blinded to before. And I feel like that is such a powerful thing to realize because you can shift that laser and have a whole different life and be a whole different person that you didn't realize you could be. But your identity is that vessel that can constantly be changed and you can live in a new avatar. Whether you do that through human design or astrology or finding an archetype that you associate with or just affirmations or an essence. You can find these tools to shift that identity and shift your focus so you can experience a new video game, a new story mode. One of the affirmations that seem to have radically changed my life, because before I felt like I was just constantly throwing shit around. I felt like I had no clarity over anything. I felt like I was just like throwing darts into the void, hoping something will catch. And I realized that's how I kept talking every day. I was talking like I didn't understand. I just needed an answer. I needed to know what to do. And then I started waking up and saying, clues are all around me. 
every morning I said that to myself in the mirror and then I would give myself a high five in the mirror and be like, you got this, babe. And (laughs) I started noticing that the clues were actually all around me. I kept getting opportunities that I didn't realize were in front of me. I kept having these amazing ideas for businesses and ways that I can improve my energy and what I needed to focus on. And I felt like I had so much understanding of who I was because I just kept saying that to myself every day. Clues are all around me and everything around me started conspiring to make that a reality. And I think when you open yourself up to just saying a phrase and catching on that, then you're not so tied to the outcome of what's going to happen. And just boiling it down to a phrase helps you step into that identity quicker which we'll talk about manifestation and stuff in a later episode, but this but this identity shifting is kind of a preview into that. So, And even yesterday this happened to me. I realized I kept speaking as if I was frustrated that people didn't interact with my content, that no one was looking at it, no one was interacting with it, no one was engaging with me. I just want a community. Why don't I have a community and all these things? And I realized I kept saying that, so I was focusing on the lack of that. And then I started showing up with gratitude and saying how much I loved my community. And all of a sudden, I posted um, an affirmations reel and then 30 people shared it and kept tagging me what they got. And there was so much engagement and people messaged me and all these things. And it was like, oh, there's a shift. (laughs) I'm stepping into a new identity of someone who actually has a community. I'm stepping into the identity of a community facilitator, someone who holds community and engages with other people. That's what I'm stepping into right now, which is amazing. And let's say you want to make a lot of money. When you consistently show up with gratitude for money and how money's all around you and how great you are at making money, your mind starts to open up to new ideas that can get you there and opportunities that will give you that experience. It's not magic. It's your brain narrowing the focus. Just like when you narrow in on a point on a wall. That's all it's doing. And shifting your identity doesn't have to be this huge thing or like this hard thing where you have to create these habits and you have to do these things for what, 27 days? Is that the habit that everyone's saying that you need to keep something? I don't know. But you don't have to do what every self-help book is saying you have to do. Shifting your identity is about stepping into the person that is that way. Let's say you want to be healthy and you want to eat more whole foods. Who is that avatar that does that? What are their traits? What do they do in a day? How do they feel throughout the day? Start embodying that person. Start embodying that archetype of that identity. And then you'll see these changes. You'll, If you ask yourself, who is it that is a writer? And like, how do I step into the identity of a writer? And you start listing out the traits of that writer. And you, one of the things I love doing is writing a day in the life. And when I'm trying to shift my identity, I write this day in the life of a person. Let's just keep going with the writer thing. (laughs) I wrote down this day in the life of a writer and I wrote up like who they are and how they handle criticism and how they show up in the world and all of these things that they do and their traits and what they love. And when I finished writing it, I felt so much joy and calmness and gratitude that I get to be this person and I get to be this identity. And 
when you start looking at it with gratitude instead of all these things you have to do and all these things you're lacking because you're not healthy already or you're not a writer already, then you're just going to keep showing up in that lack identity of the person who's not quite there. And that's the trick. And so when you look at identity as this vessel and you look at focus of energy as this laser, you can start tinkering with these experiences and start figuring out how you can shift and how you can move with ease rather than all these companies telling you all these things you don't have and if you buy their product you'll finally be okay like that's not the answer (laughs) right we want to get you whole as you are and it's not to say that your identity now is wrong or bad or anything it's just playing with the shifts in your environment it's just playing with the waves and seeing if you can like program your own video game I guess is what I'm saying. Ooh, I made it under 30 minutes. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Um, So that's going to end the episode here. So the things that you can be doing right now are going through your senses and listing off three things each sense sensation you're having (laughs) in that sense. So what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Smelling, tasting, feeling. And then you're going to be writing down how you show up. Your I am statements. Um... Your lack statements, what do you feel like you don't have? What do you feel like you need? Um, And then I'm going to be writing my first newsletter for Sunday. So if you want to get involved in that, reminder, it is tallulah.substack.com, T-A-L-U-L-A.substack.com. If you subscribe to that, it is free for the first month. I'm going to be doing that each week, journal prompts, reflections, And a little bit about my life. Yeah, life lessons, you know. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me on the next season of this podcast. I love doing them. And I really love just connecting with you and kind of building a space where we can explore our identities and our shifts and our little activations. This is a corner of activation. That's what I like to think about it. So um, I will see you next week. The new episode will be out on Thursdays. That's what I'm hoping for. So I will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening.